Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. I believe the Lord gave me a word for the Capital C Church. I believe the Lord gave me a word for the Capital C Church, not just our church, the church, on how to navigate this season with wisdom from above. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Wisdom from above. Okay? Are you all right? Some of you are not going to like this message. I don't care. And I'm not going to try and hide my political affiliation type vibe because that would be very difficult. All right? It's not even about that. This is not about a candidate. This is about your heart and how you're carrying yourself in this season. Because I'll just tell you right now, I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of craziness going on. 2020 will not quit. You know what I mean? It just keeps coming. Just crazy town out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, 2020 will not quit. (laughs) So we shouldn't be shocked, I guess, but it's pretty shocking what's going on. You know what I mean? This is a wild election. No bones about it, okay? And I'm not here. I'll just let you in on something. Like, people in this room voted differently than you. (gasps) Let's just say it out loud, you know, like, oh, my God. But when we're operating with the wisdom from above, you'll see the truth of this principle right here, that there's a difference between righteousness and rightness. There's a difference between the cause of righteousness and the cause of being right. Very different things. Today is Caleb picking up the rod and the staff, okay? You know, Psalm 23 says, his rod and his staff comfort me. That's the disciplinary tools of a shepherd, all right? This is me, but a shepherd actually just guides the sheep back. It's correction, course correction, and just guides you back in. God doesn't do this. He doesn't whack you over the head with his rod. He says, come back this way, come back this way. And when you fight against it, that's when you get hurt. When you resist the rod of his rebuke is when you break your legs. That's when you get bruised and beaten. He's not beating you. You're beating yourself up by not responding to his rebuke. So today is going to be my gentle rebuke that you either can receive and correct yourself with or you can get hurt. Your choice. (laughs) Because I see something happening right now. I see people sacrificing the cause of righteousness on the altar of being right. And we must be careful. I have this in a slide for you so you can take it with you. We must be careful. We must take great care not to sacrifice the cause of righteousness on the altar of being right. I'll tell you what that looks like. That looks like you not being open to hear anybody's side. You know for sure that you're right, and you can't, you can't even talk to me about that, man. Don't even talk to me about that. I know. I know what's going on. That's rightness. It's not righteousness. I want you to say this with me right here. This will break you out of the cause of rightness and into the cause of righteousness. This one statement right here. Say it with me. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth. That will break that thing down right away. You know what? I don't need to be right. I do need to know the truth. Truth is paramount. 
Amen. I'm not talking about shrinking back from the cause of righteousness. I'm talking about fighting against the political spirit that is running rampant through the church right now. Listen, you want to know what the most useful tool for a modern day church leader is? Facebook. Because you might think I'm not watching, but I am. I see all you posting. I see you sharing. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, Lord, are, are we going to talk about this? <laughs> Listen, if the shoe fits, kick it off. It's not, it's not a big deal. Like, it's okay. No condemnation. But, <laughs> and if it's not you, you're like, that's not me. Fine. Don't get mad. It's not you. <laughs> I'm telling you. I want to reveal to you this political spirit and the spirit of legalism and how they're both eating the church's lunch right now. Jesus talked about it in Mark chapter 8. He, this is right after he multiplied all the food and everything. And the Mark chapter 8, 14 through 21 says, Now the disciples have forgotten to take bread with them except for one loaf of flat bread. And as they were sailing across the lake, Jesus repeatedly warned them. Say, repeatedly warned them. Jesus repeatedly warned them, be on your guard against the yeast inside of the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. You might have heard this in other translations as the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Okay, everyone knows what yeast does, what leaven does. It gets in the dough and it makes it rise. So be aware of the thing that makes you get puffed up. But the disciples had no clue what Jesus was talking about. Doesn't that make you feel better? You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I must be a disciple of Jesus because I also half the time have no clue what you're talking about, Lord. You know, it just makes me feel better. Anyway, some of you are worried now. You're like, oh, my God, he's admitting he doesn't know everything. I'm never coming back here again. No. Well, I'm just being honest with you. All right. I've got issues, but inauthenticity is not one of them, right? That's not on my list of issues. You're going to know exactly what's going on in here, okay? <laughs> the disciples had no clue what Jesus was talking about, so they began to discuss it among themselves, saying, is he saying this because we forgot to bring bread? Can you just see this picture? Beware of the leaven of Pharisees and of Herod. Is he saying that because we forgot the bread? What's happening? <laughs> Knowing... What they were thinking, Jesus said to them, why all this fussing over forgetting to bring bread? Do you still not see or understand what I say to you? Are your hearts still hard? You have good eyes, yet you still don't see. And you have good ears, yet you still don't hear. Neither do you remember. When I multiplied the bread to feed more than 5,000 people, how many baskets of leftovers did you gather afterward? Twelve, they replied. When I multiplied food to feed over 4,000, how many large baskets full of leftovers did you gather afterwards? Seven, they replied. Then how is it that you still don't get it? They're like, Jesus, you got to give us more than that, man. Like, this whole cryptic rabbi thing. Sometimes it's old, man. It's like, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, just come out and tell me where I'm missing it. He doesn't want to tell you. He wants to invite you into getting it. He doesn't want to say, you're missing it. Here, here, here. He wants to invite you into doing it right. And he does that by wooing you. Okay? This is his rod. This is his staff correcting you. Come on. Don't fight it. Here's the thing. Jesus was not talking about bread. 
right? Right? Are we, are we all good there? Everyone with me? He was not talking about bread. He was talking about the leaven that causes hatred towards your fellow man to grow. The yeast that causes hatred to grow in your heart. It's the political and legalistic spirit. There's two things mentioned here. The yeast of the Pharisees, that's the spirit of legalism. Okay? And the yeast of Herod is the political spirit. Why? Because the Pharisees were the church leaders. They were the pastors. They were the ones who had the law, the Bible. And they would say, here's all the rules. And gotcha, you broke one, you broke one, you broke one, you broke one, you broke one. It's called the law of sin and death. It's called the ministry of condemnation. Aren't you glad which side of the cross you live on, man? Like, <laughs> man, I would not like to lead the church back then. I just wouldn't be good at being like, bozo, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. I just wouldn't be good at it. You know? But that was the ministry given to them. And it actually was necessary. That is what God and his sovereignty knew would mature us to actually realizing we needed a savior. It's just like when you're little kids, uh, the, the book of Galatians talks about it. When we're little kids, we need guides. We need the law. We need, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. You know, I have a three-year-old. I know about these things. Okay, stop. No, stop. Stop. That's going to hurt. Stop. You know, that's the law. That matures you to a point of making good choices. So all of the human race was matured by the giving of the ministry of condemnation. So that we'd be ready to receive the ministry of reconciliation. This is how God works. He thinks generationally. He thinks long term. The first thing love is, is patient. And God is love. So the yeast of the Pharisees is that spirit of legalism. Here are the rules of God and you broke them. But the Yeast of Herod is the political spirit because Herod was the king. He was the political head of Judea at that time. He was the king. And Jesus mentions both of these things because they're the same spirit in different avenues, different realms of influence. I'll tell you why the political spirit is so easily in the, in the church right now. It's because the legalistic spirit's been here for a while too. So it's not hard to make that, to make that switch. It's not hard. Listen, there's a religion that's pure and the sight of God. It's caring for widows and orphans in their time of need and keeping yourself from being defiled by the world. I'm very religious. I know, you're like, that's a joke. I know, look at me. I got tattoos and long hair and this scraggly looking beard. I get it. I'm very religious. I spend lots of money every year and lots of time every year caring for widows and orphans. Every year I go around the world doing it. That's what I do. Uh, the foster kids we're talking about, we're going to, th those are our orphans, you know? So it's okay to be religious. It's not okay to be legalistic. And those two terms have been conflated and very confused. You should be religious. You shouldn't be a legalist. That's the ministry of condemnation. Well, that's the devil. The devil's a legalist, keeping every word you say and accusing you with the wrong ones. So. These are two sides of the same coin. They both destroy the one who disagrees with them. Both of them. They need to be right no matter what the truth is. That's what this spirit does. Now, there's a difference between a political stance and a political spirit. There's a difference. I have a political stance. I'm not trying to hide it. I have a political stance that I think is right. I, I believe in a certain kind of system of government. I believe in those things. If you're on my Facebook timeline, you probably could guess 
who I voted for. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a political stance and a political spirit are very different things. A political stance disagrees with something. A political spirit demonizes the one they disagree with. A political stance says, I don't think that's right. A political spirit says, you are evil because I think you're wrong. It demonizes the one you disagree with. That's what the spirit of legalism and the political spirit both do. Come on, say it again. I don't need to be right. Say it with me. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth. Because if you show up having all the answers and you have the right answers and they have the wrong answers, you don't get an opportunity for wisdom. All you get is an opportunity to be defensive. You're just there to defend your point. You're not there to learn anything or to grow in wisdom. If you need to be right, you're not giving opportunity for the wisdom from above to operate in your life. Listen to me, church. We need the wisdom from above. If you want righteousness to rule, which is the whole church, by the way, everybody wants righteousness. Everybody wants it to be right. Everybody wants that in their hearts. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if you truly have received the Holy Spirit, I can tell you what's going on in your heart of hearts. I can tell you in the depth of your heart, you want righteousness. But many of us are not skilled enough to get from is inside of us to outside of us, okay? Because we believe lies, because we, we just walk in the ways of our earthly fathers. We just, we've seen it, so we do it, right? And we just, we just get duped by these things often. I'm trying to bring you back into, I'm trying to correct you now. I'm trying to pull you back in, okay? So did you know that the Bible says the wisdom from above leads to a harvest of righteousness, there's a game plan here. There's a recipe for righteousness. Did you know that? It's right out of James 3. Let's read James 3, 13 through 18. And you're going to find out whether you've been operating in the wisdom from above or the wisdom from below today. You're going to find out. Only you will know. You and me, because I watch your Facebook. No, I'm kidding. Only you will know. That was a joke. Only you will know truly in your heart. And I'm also going to give you a path to walk in the wisdom from above today. Sound good? Okay, so... James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Say the meekness of wisdom. You know what meekness is, right? It's restrained power. It's restraining the fact that you're powerful. All right? I wrestle with my three-year-old, and he wins. <laughs> meekness. Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Let me just say it flat out. Some of y'all have been saying some demonic stuff. Listen to me, church. Some of y'all have been posting some demonic crap. Don't fight it. You're going to hurt you because I ain't going anywhere. We're going this way. <laughs> Unspiritual and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. This is a big one. 
open to reason. You can repent by blinking at any time. Just... <laughs> Open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is what's needed. I'm talking to the church, the capital C church, I'm talking to the whole church. Wisdom from above, the wisdom from above, not the need to be right but the need for righteousness to rule in your heart first. I care about the White House, but I care more about my house because my house is the only house I can actually control. There's a thing called spiritual bypassing, okay? And it's happening all over the place where people are ignoring that they're afraid and saying true things to cover it up. Like, here's a very true statement. No matter who's president, Jesus is king. Amen? It's a true statement. It's a true statement. Okay, and when Mussolini was in charge, Jesus was king. Saddam Hussein in charge, Jesus was still king. So it's a true statement, but it might not be a helpful one. If you're using it to spiritually bypass the truth of what's going on in your heart. Listen, people are spiritualizing their fear all over the church. They're afraid of the results. They're afraid of what's going on, and they're calling a prayer meeting. And they're not praying for what they fear. They're praying because they're in fear. Their fear is the impetus for their prayer. Listen, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. So if you're praying from love, you're not praying in fear. And you're like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Yes, you are, and it's okay. Listen to me. Do not spiritually bypass yourself. Do not ignore what's going on in your heart. If you want the truth, you need to deal with you. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you today. It's important that we look at this and say, okay, which wisdom have I been operating in? Which one really is true of me? And we check our heart because out of your heart, Spring all the issues of life. Above all else, guard your heart. Right? Listen, Psalm 112, verse 7 says, the righteous do not fear bad news. So I'm not even saying, I'm making a comment whether the election is bad news or, or not. I have no idea what's going to happen. Honestly, personally, just me to you, I have no idea. Like, it all, it's very confusing. And I've been trying to pay attention, but, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Again, Part for the course, 2020. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Right? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not here to say this guy, that guy, whatever. I'm here to say, what's going on in your heart? And if you're calling it bad news, you have no excuse to be afraid. Because the righteous will not fear bad news. Psalm 112, verse 7. So if you think it's good news, great. But if you think it's bad news, you still don't have an excuse to be afraid. This is a, I'm giving you a divine reset. I'm giving you an opportunity for a divine reset, okay? Let's look at it. Let's look at the wisdom from below. Put it on a slide here for you. You tell me if this looks like your Facebook feed. Bitter jealousy. <laughs> you know what bitter jealousy is? It means I, I, 
didn't get what I wanted. I wanted something, somebody else got it, and now I'm bitter. <laughs> I mean, that is exactly what's happening. Selfish ambition. If you need to be right, that's literally, categorically, in essence, selfish ambition. Your ambition is about you being right. That's selfish ambition. Listen, there's a lot of prophetic words out there from, uh, you know, our circles. We have charismatic circles that have prophetic words about Trump getting two terms. I'm less concerned about the wrong prophetic words as I am the crazy, wisdomless people that I see in the church. I'm less concerned about a few prophets getting wrong and more concerned about you handling your heart really, really wrong. I'm more concerned about that. I'm more concerned about the political spirit that is eating our lunch and we don't even know it. And we think we're standing up for the cause of righteousness. No, that's rightness, not righteousness. It's not the wisdom from above. It's rooted in selfish ambition. It's earthly. That means it doesn't start in heaven. It doesn't come from the throne room and neither is it authorized by the throne room of heaven. Okay? It's from the earth. It's unspiritual. That's the word in the Greek for sensual. Like it's you, the senses, meaning you feel it, so it's true. <laughs> Just because I feel it, that makes it true. That's the wisdom from below. I feel it, therefore I am it. That's the wisdom from below. It's not the wisdom from above. It's demonic. I think we can all, I don't need to define that one for you. You know, it's pretty simple. It's how demons act. Demons move in that level of wisdom. I'm not calling any person a demon. I'm not. I'm saying quit acting like one. Amen. Just. <laughs> Produces disorder in every vile practice. So this wisdom will not get you what you actually want. It will not actually get you the righteousness that your heart is looking for. I'm telling you that. Now, let's look at the wisdom from above. It's pure. Pure-hearted, has no ulterior motives. It's just pure. It is what it says it is. It's not, it doesn't have to hide anything from anyone. You could ask me after this. I'm not going to say it on the mic because it's not important and I don't want to distract from the point. Well, you could ask me who I voted for. I'll tell you. I, I have a, I'm operating in purity. I know. I know. I'm good with what I chose. I'm good. And I actually don't care what you think about me. You know what I mean? So... I care what he thinks. I care how my heart is. That's the only one I can control is me. All right? So it's pure. It's peaceable. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have a backbone or you don't stand up for anything. It doesn't even mean you don't get loud. Okay? Peace, the word shalom, if you break it down, the word picture in the Hebrew shalom is the spirit that destroys the authorities of chaos. Shalom. An expanded definition of shalom is the spirit that destroys the authorities of chaos. That's what it means to be peaceable. It's actually really spiritually violent, but it's naturally calm. It means you bring wholeness to brokenness. It means you bring peace to chaos. You don't avoid the chaos. You step right into it. That's what it means to be peaceable. Able to make peace. Peaceable. Gentle. Let's all say that word together. Gentle. It's okay. I'll just... We'll just have a break. I'll look at the back wall. You can delete any Facebook posts you want right now. You know, I won't look. No, I'm joking. That's me being funny. 
but maybe you should. Gentle, gentle, gentle. We need to be gentle. Listen to me. You could be very wrong in the way that you're right. You could be 100% right, but be very wrong in the way that you're right. And it ruins the whole thing, man. Let's keep going. Open to reason. Okay, listen to me. Look at specific. Look at specific. If you're like, there is no way that wasn't voter fraud. Like, there is no chance. No chance those election results are real. You uncomfortable? You okay? There's no chance. Are you being open to reason? Here's the other side. There's no chance this isn't voter fraud. You know what I mean? Like, this has to be voter fraud. Are you open to reason? Righteousness versus rightness. I'm saying you need to be open to reason. If they come out and prove it, I'm open to reason. If they can't prove it, I'm open to reason. If it didn't happen, I'm open to reason. Like, you need to be open to reason in order to operate from the wisdom from above and produce righteousness on the earth. I'm trying to give you the recipe for righteousness. Be open to reason. I'm not talking about not having a stance. I'm talking about not having a political spirit. You with me? Okay. Full of mercy. <laughs> I, the best definition I ever heard of mercy was from a guy named Chris Ballton. He said, mercy is getting what, or not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And he gave the example of a uh, ticket. Like if you get pulled over by a police officer and you were speeding and you deserve a ticket, if they don't give you a ticket, that's being merciful. That's mercy. They did not give you what you deserve. But grace is you get pulled over by that same cop for speeding in the same way, and instead of just not giving you a ticket, they give you $1,000. That's grace. <laughs> That's what Jesus did for you. He didn't just say, oh, I'm not going to punish you. He said, I'm going to give you everything I got. You don't deserve it, but here you go. Grace. So full of mercy means we don't give people what they deserve. Say they're, the people you're arguing, take your side, whatever. This applies to both sides of the conversation, okay? Whichever side of this you're on, just imagine the most evil, ill-hearted, totally wrong person you can imagine, all right? And if you're getting a picture, that's not my point. What I'm saying of a person. I'm saying imagine a person, a, 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 not a specific person. <laughs> this might not work very well. Or the person, whatever, just don't tell them, all right? That's your opinion of them. You know what you need to do? You need to give them mercy. Do not give them what they rightly deserve. This is the wisdom from above. Full of mercy and good fruits, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If your political conversations aren't full of that, you should probably not have them. You should probably get the skills to have a conversation like that before you try again. Let me help you. If your face is getting hot, shut your face. <laughs> you can't talk to us like that. <laughs> I'm trying to correct you. In your anger, do not sin. 
It's not wrong to be angry. It's wrong to sin in your anger. All right? I'm not talking about not being angry. There's certain things that anger me. We don't need to get into it. It doesn't matter. But in my anger, I dare not sin. What would sin look like? Letting a political spirit convince me that this person I'm angry at is worthy of anything less than the blood and body of Jesus Christ, the righteous. Labeling them as anything less than to die for. That's sinful. Impartial. <laughs> I love it. Impartial. I mean, that means you're not partial. Like this guy, that guy, whatever. You, if you want the wisdom from above, you have to step out of partiality. Like you can't die on the hill of your party and operate in the wisdom from above. I actually detest political parties. I think they produce laziness. I think they produce voter laziness. Where's the R? Where's the D? Oh, red, blue, elephant, donkey. Can we, can we have pictures? Can you put an elephant next to each one so I know which one? I don't know if they, what they believe, but they're in my party. Impartial and sincere. That means totally, completely settled and honest. Sincere. There are a lot of insincere, yet on the outside, very spiritual looking prayer meetings going on right now. I'll tell you why they're insincere, because they're not even praying for the fear in their heart. They're fasting and praying and pulling down principalities out there in the spirit when they don't even realize their spirit is in turmoil. That's the spiritualization of fear, and it's insincere. And listen to me, church, stop. Just stop. The wisdom from below loves to say true stuff. The wisdom from above speaks the truth in love. That's Ephesians 4, 15. I'm not going to go there, but just keep this one. Let's go back to that other slide. The wisdom from below says true things no matter who it hurts. No matter who this hurts, it's the truth. You need to hear it. That's not speaking the truth in love. That's loving to say true stuff. It says the facts at any cost to the hearer. I don't care how this feels. I don't care what this does to your heart. Believe it or not, I really care what my words do to your heart. I just, you just don't have me, okay? You just don't own me. You understand the difference? Like, Jesus always had a crowd. A crowd never had Jesus, okay? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not gonna dictate terms for me, but I really do care about you. And I know sometimes it comes off as uncaring. I've been accused of, like, that guy doesn't even care. He doesn't even care. I actually care a lot, but you don't control me. That's the difference. So the wisdom from below says the facts at any cost to the hearer. It doesn't care. I used to be that guy, so I know the difference. <laughs> I used to be that dude. You got, let's just let's make it fun. You remember that guy? Uh, uh, you're going to laugh at me. I don't care. Remember um, Ron Paul? Okay. I was extremely active in that guy's campaign. I was really active. I was, I was a weekend warrior. I was a keyboard warrior. You know, I was telling people all the things about liberty, the Constitution, da 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 And my political stance turned into a political spirit. And I did not care how it hurt the hearer to hear the facts. Didn't care. I thought it was worth it. I said the ends justify the means. But in the end, it was vile and disorder and every evil practice. It wasn't actually righteousness. 
This is the trick I'm trying to pull you out of. Wisdom from above speaks the truth in love. It seeks to preserve those who are wrong. Listen to me. If you think they're wrong, the wisdom from above actually seeks to preserve them. <laughs> it seeks to protect the dignity of those God thinks are to die for. Listen, are you hearing what I'm saying? To speak the truth in love is to say, you know what? I disagree with you and you're to die for. I'm not, I have no problem telling you. We can have a conversation. We can go to lunch. We can have a conversation. I'll tell you exactly what I think about any political thing. And you, if you're on either side of it, will still feel respected. I promise. I promise you. It's not hard for me. I'm not bragging. I'm inviting. I'm inviting you into this. It's called honor. Okay? It is. The wisdom from above, one more thing, it actually seeks to connect with the people it disagrees with. You actually, if you're operating the wisdom from above, you actually want to connect. Why? Because you want to connect and bring them into the truth. Instead of disconnect and be like, Bleh. I'll tell you, I'll give you a real quick test right now to tell you which one of these you've been operating in. Think of the typical person who voted for the other guy. What are your assumptions about that person's character? You assume that they are, you know, just not right in the head. Your neighbor who has that sign up of the one you don't like. They, oh, they got to, they have to avoid their taxes every year or something. <laughs> They're definitely, those, I feel bad for their kids because <laughs> if they vote like that, they, their heart is obviously evil and wretched. You're all laughing because this is what's going on in the heart of the church. And it's not okay. I rebuke the political spirit off your life. It's not right. And this house, the resting place, is a house guided by core values. We are a value-guided organization. Okay? Those values are very clear. First and foremost, we honor everyone. We empower everyone, and we have faith for everyone. And when we say everyone, we mean it. We mean it. You know, I've had pastors and, and leaders in the church, missionaries, people like that, tell me that I should back off the whole honor everyone thing. Yeah, oh, straight up, straight up. They say, you can't do that. It's gonna, it's gonna end in like seeker-friendly, you know, watered-down gospel. I'm like... You're telling me to honor everyone's a bad idea. Like, that's a bad core value. They're like, yeah. I'm like, too bad it's in the Bible, and I don't care about your opinion. That's what I said to him. We're not very friendly anymore, but I told him that. I have no problem with them. They have a problem with me. 1 Peter 2, 16 through 17. It says it right out. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Black and white, man. Black and white. It gets better. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now, you want to know when good old Mr. Pete wrote that, who the emperor was? Peter wrote that in the reign of Nero. Nero was a bad dude. Nero was way worse than Trump, Biden, Clinton, Bush, all of them. Put them in a blender. 
get all the good out and keep all the bad in. They're way worse. Nero would burn Christians in his garden at night just to walk, just to light the pathway for him to walk. Look this up. Look at it. Look up Nero. He's like, I want to walk my garden tonight. Go get 20 Christians. And they would tie him up and light them on fire alive to, to light his walkway. And Peter said, honor the guy burning your mom at the stake. Honor the guy burning your cousin, our brothers and sisters in the faith. Why? Because honor has nothing to do with agreement. It has everything to do with assigning value. My God thinks you're to die for. No matter how you act, no matter how you vote, no matter how you look, sound, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But a lot of people do this in the church. They say, you know what? I'm going to honor those who are like me. They like me and they're like me. I wonder why they like me. Oh, I don't know. We just get along so much. You think just like me. You talk just like me. I love all the me in you. I mean, I love you. I love you is what I meant to say. I love all the me, you. All the you, me, you. Disagreement with one another is the atmosphere where honor is most useful. Disagreement is the atmosphere where honor is most useful. You think we're in an atmosphere where honor could be used right now? Yeah. It says, you know what? We don't agree. And that's okay. You're amazing. You have gifts. You got talents I don't have. I need you in my life. That's honor. That's respect. And it's not based on how much of you you see in them. It's based on what God says about them. So let's recap real quick. I'm over time, but you needed to hear this. I don't mind telling you. You needed to hear this. <laughs> here's, the, here's the just bullet point review here. We need to take care not to sacrifice the cause of righteousness on the altar of being what? Right. We don't need to be right. Help me. We need to know the truth. A political stance disagrees with something, while a political spirit demonizes the person you disagree with. It dehumanizes, devalues, degrades, demonizes them. Wisdom from below just loves to say true things, but wisdom from above speaks the truth in love. Say that with me. Wisdom from above speaks the truth in love. And we don't need to be right. We need to know the truth. Amen. Our church, this church, honors, empowers, and has faith for everyone. That's who we are. It's not something we're striving for. That's who we are. Ask my leadership team. That's who I am. That's who my wife is. That's who I put on leadership. That right there is my metric. It's not about how skilled you are, how anointed you are. Can you honor, empower, have faith for everyone? That is the only reason I put anyone in leadership right there. That is who we are. And if you aren't down with it, See you in heaven. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.